one side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you missed us live um, and you're listening on podcast, you can also send us your questions on Facebook or Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. Today is Wednesday, um, and the election is under a week away. But there was also more rioting and looting uh, in the streets of Philadelphia. Now that's twice now over the past two days. Um, and I got to say, for me personally, this is becoming like, oh, well, that happened again. You know, I remember when the first rioting and looting uh, happened. Uh, uh, I was shocked, and now it's just, you know, you kind of, that's becoming a way of life, you well, know, in it, America well, a little well, bit. Well, here's what's so crazy. I remember, um, by the way, if you're just tuning in, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. I'm Doug McCary. So glad that you can join us. And, uh, you know, the especially our people up in Virginia, uh, the Lighthouse, thank you for the emails and uh, appreciate you guys uh, staying connected there. And also WMAR and Meridian. Um, you know, I remember years ago, Taylor, this is like maybe seven, eight years ago, I, I, I think when the riots were going on in Greece, do you remember when mm. Greece was having problems with financially? their bank? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were having riots in the street and there was a newscaster that said, you know what, this is going to be like this in America. And I remember thinking, there's no way we're going to have riots like that. It just ain't going to happen. And here we are, yeah. uh, seven years later, and you're right. It's almost like uh, um, um, a man with a knife attacking a police officer who's telling him to put it down was shot, and people have a problem with that, unless mm-hmm. that guy that shot them is your dad or your husband. Yeah. I mean, like, people... People crack me up. It's one thing to quarter Monday Monday, Monday morning quarterback, you know, um, Cam Newton mm. on the New England Patriots and second guess him. But please, for those people out there who have never been in a law enforcement capacity, who've never had a gun pulled on them, who've never had a knife pulled on them, don't make dumb suggestions because that's what they are. They're, they're not dumb. They're just illogical. Mm-hmm. You know, you were sharing with me before we got on air. Somebody said, well, shouldn't we just put in rubber bullets? Uh, uh, you know, one person said, well, they ought to have tasers. But tasers are, you know, considered, they're really considered a non-lethal weapon, even mm-hmm. though they can be, but it's very rare. Uh, if somebody's coming at you with a knife and they're inside of 21 feet, that's a lethal weapon. They're mm-hmm. coming, they're coming and, and they can invoke much pain and carnage with a knife. There was a guy, I showed you the tape yesterday. Mm-hmm. You saw it in Georgia, two police officers rolled up on a guy who refused to put a knife down 
they shot him. Both of them shot seven times, just like was up there, about six or seven times. They hit him. He went down. He then gets back up, and they're screaming at him again, and they're not wanting to shoot the guy again. Just like those police officers, if you watch the video that was being played, they're saying, no, stop, stop, Mm -hmm. stop. But he wouldn't stop for whatever reason. Um, You know, my uncle, who was a policeman back home where I grew up, he shot a guy. He had to go to a case at, um, at at a mental institution, and a guy got loose, and he had two barbecue forks. Mm. and he was coming at people well you get jabbed in the throat with one of those that's lethal yeah it doesn't matter you know people just think they're going to be able to take well you know what we need to have a therapist go alongside the police officers Mm. and try to talk them down in that moment those people aren't rational and they're threat to people around them and it's the job of police officers to protect and serve yeah. To protect the people that call them out there to help them. Mm-hmm. And if the person won't stop, that person, listen, it's a tragedy. It's, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but what would you rather? That guy stab three or four people? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, but, but I showed you that one, um, that one video of those police officers. That guy was shot, went down, got back up, and stabbed one of the officers in the neck. Mm-hmm. And and that so people, people really need to. I think they need to do what that one uh, community activist did. He was brought in by the police because he was so vocal against them, and they said, "Okay, we're going to let you go through some training, mm-hmm. some scenarios, and see how you do." And it changed his perspective totally. But there was communication and dialogue. It wasn't just like, "Okay, everybody go riot." Yeah, you know. And I think. Uh you know that the public uh, at large has no real understanding of uh, police work and what it takes and the dangers that are inherent um you know just like i was telling you about the rubber bullets thing you just shared a story of a guy who got shot with real bullets and got up and stabbed um the police officer that's not an uncommon thing um you know especially if someone's hopped up on uh drugs which i'm not saying was happening in this case but uh, but a lot of times it is yeah. drug induced, mm-hmm. you know. And and then if and if you don't act, you know, some people say, "Oh, well, he's just walking with a knife or whatever." Um, there's plenty of videos I know they show you in the academy of where police officers saw someone with a deadly weapon and kind of didn't take it too seriously. They were saying, "Okay, put it down, put it down," and then all of a sudden a pedestrian, uh, you know, a pedestrian comes by, and that person then goes and attacks the uh, the innocent person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. Yeah. There's people have not really thought out, you know, logically, okay, what would happen if I was in that situation? And instead they just like to say, you know, much like people who are in the stands and never played football in their life, you know, they like to second guess and say, oh, he should have done this. He should have done that. We're doing the same thing, but this is something that's it's life. Le- and, yeah. it's, it's life and death with people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know um, if, if, if you got a chance to read it, you know, we had Wayne Grudem on Dr. Grudem, couple of weeks ago he's going to be on again monday we're replaying uh what we did three weeks ago but anyway um his friend and uh a great um theological leader for a lot of people john piper Mm -hmm. wrote an article um uh, recently uh about uh voting and um he he wrote specifically about 
um, voting for people who voted for Trump, uh, basically. And I think Piper, I don't, I don't know exactly why I haven't seen how he justified it, but it appeared as if he was talking about Biden in one way and Trump in another way, saying as believers, you know, we can't vote for this or we can't vote for this. And it's almost like I, I didn't really understand where he was going. Yeah. Did you see that article? Yeah, for, for me, it seemed like he was saying, well, you know, Trump uh, is uncouth and he's done some um, um, morally uh, bad things. So it would be bad for a uh, a Christian to vote for him. And I just thought that was kind of ironic because, you know, both sides are mired in controversy and one advocates the murder of children in the womb. Um, but yeah, he, he, to me reading it, he seemed like he was trying to sway the vote to get people like, Oh, we well, can't well, vote it, for it, Trump. It, it appeared that way. So here's how, uh, Dr. Grudem summarized what Piper was saying and they're good friends. And mm. Piper said he was accurate in this, in his response. He said, Dr. Piper argues as follows. The personal sins of a leader can be as harmful to persons and to the nation as moral evil laws. Christians communicate a falsehood when we act as if policies and laws are more precious than being a certain kind of person. The horrible sin of pride leads people to other sins, including defending abortion, and therefore voting for a clearly boastful candidate might also be indirectly supporting abortion. This is what Piper argues. And fourth, voting for either candidate would compromise a person's witness. Uh, but he, he, so he goes in there and he addresses each one of these and it, Piper writes that I remain baffled that so many Christians consider the sins of unrepentant sexual immorality, unrepentant boastfulness, unrepentant vulgarity, unrepentant factiousness, uh, and the like to be only toxic while policies that endorse baby killing, sex switching, freedom limiting, and social overreach are deadly. That's, so what, he, that's what said? No, no, that's what Piper's saying. Mm. He's saying, I remain baffled why people consider this wrong but not this. Mm. And he goes on to say those sins are mentioned in the New Testament. They are sins that destroy people. They're deadly forever. Talking about Trump's sins. He's apparently the ones he's attributing Trump. And um, so here's what Grudem said in reply. There's a difference between the personal influence of a leader's example – which may be rejected, and laws that compel obedience. Mm. Piper's argument fails to recognize that people can decide not to imitate the sins of a leader, but they cannot do that with laws. They have to obey the laws as believers unless they're contrary to the Bible. Millions of people have seen and decided not to imitate Trump's character flaws, the most frequent comment I hear from Trump supporters is something like, I don't like his insulting tweets or personality, but I'm supporting him because he's brought good law and policy. Americans are free to say Trump's boastfulness offends, and I don't want to act that way, but if laws are passed and upheld by courts that enforce LGBT, no creative professional like a cake decorator or florist will be free to say, I believe same-sex marriage is morally wrong. I won't use my artistic talent to decorate a cake. No high school girl will be free to say I won't undress and change clothes in a class with transgender. So he's saying I've lost any ability to say that if the laws dictate that. Mm -hmm. So when we come back, I want to follow up on that.
All right, we'll be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way if you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom That is Chain Breaker by Zach Williams Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, uh, we take the first segment of each uh, program to talk about the news of the day. And that was the last segment. Um, And right before the break, uh, Doug was sharing uh, from an article Wayne Grudem uh, wrote in response to uh, John Piper, um, which was really we didn't get a chance to unpack it because you were just no i know i was just trying to read what he said because he says it so good you can go to christianpost.com and um or just if you google just google um wayne grudem's article uh or response to piper anyway his response was he says there's a difference between the personal influence of a leader's example which may be rejected and laws that compel obedience the second thing he says in response to what piper said is political policies are not in general more important than personal character but they are the primary 
factor to consider in a political election. He, he says both the candidate's character and policies are important, um, and there are some character flaws that are so serious that they would disqualify a candidate. But uh, if you look at both these candidates, and he makes this point later in the article, you can have good policy with character flaws in Trump or bad policy with character flaws in Biden is what he says. That's ultimately what he says. And, you know, the Christians who support Trump don't encourage imitating his flaws. I mean, I haven't heard anybody I know that supports him encouraging that either in either candidate. Um, And, you know, this was interesting that he said, too. He goes, I have a more positive evaluation of Trump's character than Piper does. And he questions where Piper's sources of information Mm -hmm. are, because I read that article the other day that in most mainstream media, 93% of the stories about President Trump are negative. And by the same comparison, when they looked at Joe Biden, only 30% had Hmm. a negative connotation. That's three to one. So that's going to be uh, influential. But, you know, even Grudem said, this is what Grudem said, and he says, I stand by this. Back in 2016, he said, he's egotistical, bombastic, and brash. He often lacks nuance in his statements. Sometimes he just blurts out mistaken ideas that he later abandons. He insults people. He can be vindictive when people attacked him. He's been married three times, claims to have been unfaithful in his marriage. These are all flaws, he says, but not disqualifying flaws uh, flaws in this election. Uh, Because, again, you're comparing him to Biden and a a good policy, character flaws versus bad policy. Um, And I I would say for me personally, it it feels a little bit more like an existential election. You know what I mean? That one side, um, you know, uh, the policies are at least trying to hold to the way that America has been and to Christian values. And the other wants to completely abandon it and turn us into something that we have never been. Yeah. Well, he, that's true. He, you know, uh, Grudem makes the statement because Piper alludes that, you know, God looks at character and he Mm. does. He looks at character of both Biden and Donald Trump. But when an election determines what kind of policies and laws we have, and when both candidates have character flaws, then the differences in policies and laws begin to have a primary importance. If you don't believe that uh, Vice President Biden has flaws, you need to see the interview that took place between Tucker Carlson last night. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that... Uh, Lieutenant Bobulinski or uh, Bobulinski, yeah, Bobulinski think, yeah. did it on Tucker Carlson's program because Bobulinski is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. He's always supported Democrats. He's given to Democrats, but no mainstream news media would carry it. They wouldn't. They wouldn't air it. And and so he sat down for forty five minutes, and I watched the interview. And I'm going to tell you, uh, Taylor, as a former FBI agent, we investigated people and people went to federal prison for doing what he said last night was done Mm -hmm. by the Biden family. It's called influence peddling, and and you can't do that. Mm -hmm. There's all kind of money laundering and hiding money things going on 
in there, and he lays it out. And we're talking millions of dollars, and he's got evidence apparently, and that evidence has been in a computer that was held at the FBI for the last year. Yeah. And so there's a lot of questions for people, but here's the bigger story of that whole thing, though. Not one news outlet, not ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN has carried a story about what he said. They won't put it out there. Twitter, Facebook won't put it out there. They'll, they're allowing it to be shared. but Originally, tr- they didn't. I know, yeah. but I went on just to see... And Tucker Carlson last night, when his program was over, had 375,000 tweets about the program. Mm. And yet he wasn't trending. Mm. You know what the number one trending tweet was last night about that time? Mm. Was The Bachelorette with 70,000 tweets. Wow. A third less tweets, but they put that up. Why? He wasn't even in the top ten. And the reason is because when you when you have a tw- trending thing, I didn't know this, but I found out that when something's trending, when people pop on, that's what pops up on their feed. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine why why is it that nobody doesn't want to talk about it? But, well, it's not an issue. It's not an issue because of my ideology, and we've gotten to a place. Even as believers, mm-hmm. believers are allowing this to happen. We should want to see what's behind there. Yeah. I mean, the, th- the crazy thing to me is for three years, L- millions of dollars, we spent a lot of money on the Russia mm. witch hunt, yeah. a Russia hoax. There was no proof. All of the people said there was nothing there, and the um, Steele dossier was fabricated, and it was bought and paid for, by Hillary Clinton. That was all that's been established. That's, yeah. that's not uh political speech. That's that's a fact. It's been testified to. And now when we have a guy who literally is influencing peddling and is on tape is saying I got this guy fired. Mm-hmm. I threatened him. Nobody wants to say anything. It's it's beyond me. I I wonder what country we live in. And so as believers, what, how do we respond to that? I mean, because it's easy to get frustrated and let all this stuff just seethe in us, but we have to step back and say, you know what? God's in control, mm-hmm. and he will expose those people that are frauds. He will. He's going to expose them, and their sin will find them out. They will, you know, you're going to see pride always leads people to, to go beyond where they can handle. Mm-hmm. And they get exposed. And so what we do is we pray that God would not allow his people to uh, be deceived. We pray that God would not allow his people to act uh, in disobedience to his will. We pray that God would not allow his people to um, be fooled by Satan, who can appear as an angel of light, and be sidetracked into things and exercise our responsibility to go vote and to vote for that platform that's most going to glorify god not the person the platform yeah because the person is only that really the truth of the matter is it's the platform uh, that's going to be enacted and you saw that what was donald trump's platform four years ago it was all about judges Mm -hmm. his biggest thing was the wall and judges 
And I think you'd have to agree. You don't have to like him. Yeah. But if you just look on what he really ran on, has he done those things? I think he has. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think it's important to remember, too, that, uh, you know, we're not ruled by a monarch. You know, we're not ruled by a king. It's it's not a popularity contest. It's not about, uh, you know, this person. Oh, if we get him in office or her in office, they're going to be our savior. It's really about what those people who are running, uh, what they say they're going to do, the platform they say they're going to stand on, and whether we believe what that if that platform is good and whether they'll enact it. Yeah, uh, you know. So I think it's kind of crazy to me to see kind of how far down the rabbit hole we as a country have gone, as in voting for personality or voting for, uh, yeah, just character, a character, you know, uh, rather than voting on uh, principle well here's the thing in the presidential election or and even with congress and senators we're not voting on the most important issues in life mm-hmm. yeah we're voting on the basically the leaders of our government and yeah. what our country is going to look like government leadership wise and the situation of policies and laws and, and all these things that are factored in and as believers we get to say so and what that looks like. And really, if you look at the platforms, there's not been more radically different platforms in my lifetime yeah. ever. They're very clear. Mm-hmm. One's pro-life, one's pro-abortion. One's pro-family values. One is pro-LGBTQRST and everything else. Mm-hmm. So they're very different. One is for big government control. Mm-hmm. One is for more freedom of the people yeah and i'm telling you i don't want to shut down i, I want to be able to do what we've got to do yeah and so uh when we come back we're going to look at what hebrew says about how we can encourage one another's in our race of faith we're going to finish up hebrews 12 all right the first part so stick with us we will be back with more after the news we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors a store and window as well as a special thanks to our sponsors tom neal trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
America SWAT Radio. That is Ren Collective with Rescuer. Uh, if you are just joining us, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And today we are going to be looking at Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verses 5, uh, 5 through 17. Um, the first half of the program, we talked a little bit about the uh, news of the day with the elections coming up. And if you missed any of that, you can listen to our podcast uh, by searching SWAT Radio wherever you listen to your podcast. Or you can go to www swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com and you can look up uh today's episode or, or program uh in a few hours it'll be posted up or you can download our swat app in the app store and you can listen there as well yeah and if you have any friends that are struggling with the election or wanting to know what they should do or they feel confused i, I can't imagine that people would but if you do have friends that are or you just want to be encouraged listen tomorrow tomorrow we are replaying uh dr al moeller uh which was a great interview he's the president of uh, the southern seminary southern baptist seminary up in louisville kentucky very very well-read guy just wrote a book called the gathering storm friday we're replaying tommy nelson from denton bible church is a great pastor he did a, a message on the continental collapse and just the collapse of our culture, what's happening. And then on uh, Monday, we are replaying Dr. Wayne Grudem, uh, who wrote uh, Systematic Theology, Politics According to the Bible. Just a really, all three of these men are really, really great theologians who don't sit in just ivory towers and write. They, they are practical in the way they think about our Christian faith. And we're really about that being practical and relevant and getting God's word into our everyday life. You know, it really doesn't matter what you think unless you apply it. Yeah. If you don't apply it, it's wasted. Mm -hmm. It's really wasted. So um, God calls us to put him on display. And the way we do that is living out our faith in a faith race. And we've been looking at the faith race in Hebrews 12. And just as a quick recap, Hebrews 12 is... um, uh, using the race descriptive, uh, running a race, and Paul, not Paul, the writer to Hebrews, I, sometimes I say Paul because mm-hmm. I'm so used to him writing most of the New Testament, but the writer to Hebrews is addressing five warnings to people in this faith community. The faith community is made up of three different groups. The first group is all in with Jesus. They've left the traditional sacrificial system of the Jewish uh, you know, uh, old covenant system, and they're all in with Jesus. The second group is intellectually bought in, and the third group, uh, they're still trying to figure it out. And Hebrews has five warnings in chapter one don't drift, chapter two, don't harden your heart, chapter three, don't waver, be all in, and chapter four, don't be. I mean, uh, the fourth warning uh, is I said chapter three, it's chapter five and six, don't waver, be all in. That's the third warning. And the fourth warning is in chapter 10, is don't be an apostate, which means you have knowledge of the truth, but you reject it. And he's about to get in the fifth warning at the end of 12. But before that, he's helping the listeners understand that suffering is God's discipline in your life. It's training. The word there for discipline actually means to instruct children. It's padia. And we talked about that Monday and Tuesday. And so... Uh, we've looked through 5 and 11. The first thing that God calls us to do is to embrace his discipline. And he equates discipline 
as a father training a child, and he, he's telling them that, listen, you're suffering, but this suffering and discipline does three things for you. It corrects you, it transforms you, and strengthens you, first of all. Two, it protects you, it inhibits your sin. And third, it instructs you, it informs your perspective, who God is and who I am I. And so we saw that in verses 5 through 11. And now we're in verses 12 through 17. So I'm going to have you read 12 through 17. And the second part of this text uh, is he calls us to encourage his disciples, encourage his disciples. And he tells us to do that by strengthening one another, pursuing peace and holiness with one another and protecting one another. So I'm going to have you read 12 through 17, and we're going to come back and talk about these. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent though he sought it with tears. So as, as you read there, he says, therefore, that's how you started it. So you can't just start there. You have to go back just a little bit. And just as a quick reminder, they're struggling. And he's saying that your struggles, your suffering, your persecution, the pain you're experiencing is being used by God as discipline in your life. And he finishes that, that first section by saying for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it so it's the suffering that deepens us and trains us for the race that we're running and then he says therefore lift your drooping hands strengthen your weak knees so he's calling us as his kids to encourage one another to encourage his disciples. We do it together. In a Marine Corps, you only ran as fast as the slowest guy. When you were doing group things, you stayed together. If that guy collapsed, guess what? The guys in the back picked him up and carried him because you you brought everybody along. And, you know, uh, there was a lady named Julie Moss Taylor that was in a triathlon back in 1982, and she collapsed 15 feet from the finish line. Oh. She literally, she was an unknown first triathlon, not favored to win. And here she is so far out in front of number two, everybody goes, this is amazing. 15 feet from the finish line, her body shuts down. Mm. She picks herself up. She and like a robot moves her legs and collapses again, picks herself up, collapses again and loses bowel control 10 feet from the finish line. Mm. Meanwhile, the second person comes running by or doesn't help her because if she helps her, she's disqualified. She just goes and mm. wins the race. But Julie Moss just pulls herself along, pulls herself along and finishes the race. And, you know, I think the church a lot of times is like that second runner that comes by. Instead of seeing believers who fallen trying to finish the race and helping them, we go, oh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going. I got, I've got this. I'm going to finish. 
and we leave people behind and we can't do that. He's saying, no, strengthen the droopy hands, help the weak knees, you know, strive for the peace and holiness. He's giving them ways to encourage one another. And the first way he says is just to strengthen one another. And it reminds me of what Peter said in Luke 22, uh, when Jesus told Peter, I mean, he said, Peter, Satan's asked to sift you. But when you're strengthened, when you recover, strengthen your brothers. Mm. In other words, we go through difficult times a lot of times so that God can use us to strengthen others in the race. Sometimes you're going, why is God letting me deal with this? Why won't he answer my prayer? Because he's training you and deepening you so that you can be used in the lives of others. But he also says, strive for peace with everyone. How's that going for us as believers right now? Are we striving for peace with everyone? Boy, open up social media. Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Go to wherever you go to social see social media. Yeah. How are believers? They're attacking one another. Because mm-hmm. I'm for Biden. I'm for Trump. Well, it doesn't matter who you're going to vote for. I mean, it does. But that should not cause you to be not at peace, especially with members of the faith. Yeah. And as a display to people on the outside, we're to model, hey, you can have a difference of opinion in me and I can still love you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we're not like unbelievers. We don't only love people who think just like us. Yeah. And so we strive for peace with everyone and and for the holiness. He Those two things are tied together. It's not peace and holiness separate. It's peace and holiness together without which no one will see the Lord. I mean, that's he makes a pretty strong statement there to pursue peace and holiness. And I think of Philippians 4, 5, where he says, let your reasonableness be known. Is our reasonableness known? We have to do some self-reflection there. Or Colossians three twelve, where he says, be compassionate, be kind. Let these things be in your heart. And there's not a lot of compassion out there in the world right now. Yeah. So as believers, we've got to let God grow us and use us to in our faith race to put him on display and finally he says you got to protect one another and it's interesting to me taylor that he says at the end of it he says that you are to um let see to it that word see to it is the word to look over is episkopos which we Mm. get the word episcopalian from and it means that you're to kind of look out pay attention to um that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness grows up. That's a direct quote from Deuteronomy chapter 29. And what it's talking about is a bad leader who grows up immoral like Mm -hmm. Esau, who misleads people. So we're to protect one another. And when we come back, we'll finish up talking about that. So, All right, we'll be back with more after the break. Uh, We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's on Rescuer by Run Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. We have been talking about Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 17 this week, and today we've been looking at verses 12 through 17. Um, and so if you have any questions about that or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 SWAT. Or you can email us with your questions or comments at ask at SWATradio.com. That is ask at SWATradio.com. So just as a recap uh, on Hebrews 12, 5 through uh, verse 17, um, God calls us to embrace his discipline. And we looked at three ways that his, he, he discipl- or three reasons he disciplines mm-hmm. us. One, correction, it transforms our lives and strengthens us. Two, it inhibits our sin, it protects us. And third, it instructs us. It informs our perspective. It makes us deeper, like Job. And then uh, 12 through 17, what we just went over in the text was that he also calls us in our faith race to encourage his disciples that are running with us. We run together. You don't do the Christian life in isolation. You don't Mm -hmm. do it alone. And so he says to strengthen one another, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Then he says also pursue peace and holiness with one another, and then protect one another. And I want to go back to that just for a second on uh, Esau, because if you look at verse 16, he says, well, let me go back even further where it says, no root of bitterness 
let no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. He's quoting from Deuteronomy 29 about a leader that rises up and leads people astray. And then he says that no one sexually immoral or unholy, that word unholy means godless like Esau. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about Esau, I don't know if you think about godless, but he was godless. Yeah. That's what the writer says. And he ties in sexual immorality to that. Why is that? What drove Esau? What was he driven by? Just whatever he was feeling at the moment, right? right. Are you what, talking about his, yeah, yeah, his ta- wife well, well, no, choices? No, 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 no. I'm talking about his his choice to trade his birthright for some stew. Oh, yeah. He, he was hungry. All right. He was hungry. He had a primal urge. Mm-hmm. That like he an animal. Yeah. Like an animal. Yeah. What's the difference between an animal and and a created human being? Is the created human being can make a choice to say no. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and and so he says, don't don't let an unholy uh, root of bitterness, a leader grow up. That's a quote, like I said, from Deuteronomy 29, who's unholy like Esau, sexually immoral, in the sense of the word for sexual immorality there is pornos. So you've got words we get pornography. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I have talked about this, four out of every ten leader yeah. within the church in one survey admitted to being addicted to pornography. That's crazy. How do you think people that, or leading that are struggling like that, how firm do you think they're being in preaching on that? Not very. How could they? Yeah. How could they be? And he says, for you know that afterwards when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Why? Because he had already made the choice. Yeah. He had made a choice. Once you've made the choice... And for us, you know, I just found out today uh, that um, a, a person that I know and who's a believer uh, just passed away, mm. known him for a long time. And, you know, once you pass, the choice is made. Yeah. But until that day happens, you have an ability to say yes to Jesus. And that's what he's calling these people to do. And we're going to see the fifth warning next week. That's what we're covering tomorrow at SWAT, at San Jose, at Jumping Jack's House of Food, and the Village Inn on Friday. We talked about it today. The rest of chapter 12, it's the fifth warning. And I'm going to give you a hint, a teaser for next week. It's don't reject Jesus. Mm. Whatever you do, don't reject him. Now, we reject him all the time. Yeah. But the writer's telling him, don't do that. Be all in with Jesus. Be uh, all in with him. I got a question for you about the, the root of bitterness. Um, what, 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 would, uh, what, what would the church do if that root seems to have already taken hold? Like, you know, if you look at the American church, would you say that there's maybe a root of bitterness that's taken hold in certain segments of uh, church culture? Um, you know, if you go back to Deuteronomy 29 to read the context of that quote because he's quoting from Deuteronomy 29. And and what it is is God is renewing this covenant and and so it's 29:18 
And this is what he says. Uh, he says, beware lest there be among you a man or a woman or a clan or a tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I will be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. The Lord will not be willing to forgive him, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man, and the curses written in this book will settle upon him, and the Lord will blot out his name from under the heaven. That's a pretty strong warning Mm -hmm. to say, and what what was the context? People leading God's people away from what? From his word and what and him being the captain of the ship. Yeah. You see, in America, we want a savior, but we don't want a master. Mm-hmm. People don't even like using that word, I guess, because of slavery or other things. But the word for Lord is curios, it's master, king. And a king in the Jewish mindset is somebody who rules over. And I think we really have to ask ourselves, is is Jesus ruling over me? Or do I rule my own life? Am I misleading people? Um, there's a lot of people that, in fact, people here in Jacksonville, pastors have said, you know what? Jesus doesn't want to rule over you. He just can't he just wants you to be his friend. He just wants you to receive eternal life. But then you can go do whatever you want to do. That's just outright falsehood. Yeah. That's not true. That's not biblical. It's not a biblical concept. Uh it is anti God. It is godless, just like Esau. Because what did Esau do? Did he do the right thing, what God would have had him do, or did he do what he wanted to do. He did what he wanted to do. Because what was God's role for Esau? His role was to receive the blessing mm-hmm. and to be able to take care of the Beitav after his father had gone away. But instead, he forsook that right and said, no, I care more about feeding my flesh. He gave in to the primal urges, and, and I think we're okay with that today. We're okay because we're told we treat God like an ATM machine, yeah, not like... He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And, um, you know, I just think that that root of bitterness springing up is a leader springing up. So how do we protect them practically? I think you speak truth to people. Mm. You tell them, um, man, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. You know, and you have to, as a brother, that's them fall. If they're falling for that, it's not going to lead to a good place. I mean, nobody in the scriptures who did what they wanted to do, led their own life, went to a good uh, destination, man, as far as uh, putting God on display in the world. Yeah. Well, what, what? so, you know, that's reasonable, right? And you said, uh, let you be known by your reasonableness. But what do we do in a in an unreasonable world? So even in a, in a church uh, setting where you do what you say and then you're called, you know, racist or a bigot or a hater or unloving. Like, okay, how do we handle that then? Okay, so 
remember, let's go back to last week. Who's the supreme example of our faith? Christ. Yeah, he's the supreme runner. He's mm-hmm. the model runner. We're looking at him. So how did he respond? Uh, when he when he called out, you know, falsehood, when he oh. addressed things and they mistreated him, how did he respond? He held his ground. Yeah. And he took what came with it. Yeah. And I think there's going to be times coming up, probably in not too distant future, where we're going to have to stand up and we're going to get abused. We're going to get, uh, you may get fired. Mm. You may get made fun of. You may get ostracized from your friend group. You, you, you know, your friends may call you all kinds of names, but it's not wrong to stand for truth. And, and I think you always need to distinguish. And I, I do want to say one thing to the people. Some people have talked about the politics We're we are not a political program, but right now that's, what's dominating our headlines. And so we do want to speak to it from a biblical perspective. So I hope that people have been encouraged by what we brought again tomorrow. We got Al Moeller who's going to speak two things and then Friday, Tommy Nelson, and then Monday, Dr. Wayne Grudem. We're replaying those. So I hope you'll join us. All right. You've been listening to SWAT radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual